Thank you for choosing Oakview Insurance. This is Rachel. May I help you? Uh, yeah. Can I speak to Mariah, please? May I tell her who's calling? Uh, yes. Yeah, Joey Jingola. Joey Jingola? Yeah. Okay. And what is this in regards to? Uh, just a fellow insurance friend reaching out to touch base. Okay. Hold on just a moment. Thank you. Mariah, how can I help you? Mariah, it's Joey Jingola. Hi, Joey. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Doing okay. What do you got going on? I have a terrible habit of calling insurance people and talking to them randomly. So <laughs> that just might be what's happening right now. <laughs> well, I have no idea why you'd call, call to talk to me, but um, I, I do recognize the voice. So. Uh, yeah, I've been hearing a lot of that lately. I don't know why. I don't know why. Where's, come on, Mariah. There's got, why would I not want to talk to you? Well, I'm just an everyday agent trying to figure out life. So. I, I think that's everybody, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> probably, probably plus but I'm always insurance. sure. Yeah. I'm always sure somebody else has it figured out more than I do. Well, that's probably always a true statement, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you got cooking? I have nothing cooking uh, other than if you're up for just a, a casual random conversation about insurance for a few minutes. Sure. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Fantastic. Um, no, well, all right. Well, I, I'm, I'm curious then because you'd brought it up. <laughs> who, um, who has it all figured out? Or at least who do you look to like says, oh man, like if I could only be doing that. Oh gosh. Um, I, well, as far as, I maybe mentors or people that I, I just see in the industry, which, you know, a lot of it's social media or that sort of thing. So how, how much is real? Who knows? Uh, but definitely Claudia McLean mm -hmm. seems to have got a, a really great agency, really has nailed down um, just personal lines, it seems like in general. We're pretty heavy personal lines as well. So I try to pay attention to when she posts about things, just how she's compensating or how they're marketing or cross selling. Um, uh, the tech side, we're friends with Nick Ayers. So um, I, I always find it intriguing as though kind of what he's tinkering on or what he's looking to change or, or do different. Cause I don't know that I ever would have thought about trying to do a virtual assistant or anything along those lines mm. until Nick really started talking about it. There's a lot of stuff because of IAOA that I didn't even know existed until I was part of that group. That group is probably responsible for a lot of our growth. Um, I'm trying to think who else out there. I mean, I follow a lot of the IAOA folks. Um, I've been working with Russ Castle a little bit on trying to work on some niche marketing and figure out what might work for our agency on the commercial side. I don't know if I know Russ. Um, you, you're, you're, you're more lean towards commercial, don't you? You personally? Uh, no, we're, we're personal. Uh, we're like 80% personal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Your, your website is misleading me, Mariah. It says commercial lens coverage <laughs> specialized designation. Oh, well, I do have that designation. That is correct. Um, but you but somehow we, slipped into the personal lines more. Uh, that is what I cut my teeth on. So um, I, that's probably my home base as far as, uh, I mean, I, I started as a farmer's agent. So mm. it's not like they gave you any first or commercial training <laughs> at all. 
Yeah. Uh, but at least you got some kind of first lines training. So I, that's really what, what the agency has been built on. And then we've been trying to expand our horizons on the commercial side. What are your horizons? Like, where do you think you want to go with that? Um, so that's one thing we've been working on is right now, we're definitely a community agency. So, yeah. um, I mean, we get all kinds of things that walk through the door and we've just been taking them. Um, we've worked a lot with captive agents in town. Um, so we've kind of turned into the go-to source uh, for a commercial that they're not able to write. Mm. Um, the problem with that is that it started starting to get taxing on my team um, because sometimes the stuff is just so weird and <laughs> takes so much time that yeah. it, it's becoming not worth it. Um, so we actually recently had a, a team meeting about that and we really are going to try to narrow our focus down to uh, habitational commercial property and farm. Um, I'm in a fairly rural area and farm is a, a good market to go after. Although I, I'll be fighting plenty of folks to, to get some business for that. Well, I mean, what, I, mean I'm, I, I don't know. I just assume everything's bigger in California. Um, like, are the farms <laughs> bigger as well? I, I don't know. Um, this is like decent. Uh, big, no, big size farms no, I'm. What are we looking at? It, they can definitely be decent sized, um, but we definitely have plenty of smaller farms. We've really seen the outgrowth of kind of the hobby farms. So maybe you, you have your everyday nine to five job, but you picked up a house that has 20 acres of walnuts or almonds. So that's, you know, kicking off 50 to 100K in gross receipts. So you're not going to fit in a homeowner's policy. Um, but you're not at the point of having a full farm operation. So we have a lot of that sort of thing. Large rice farms um, in Northern California. You get down into Southern California, you get into some of the dairies and that. But we really don't have that in Northern California. Ours is more... Uh, row crops, orchards, um, a lot of fruit and nuts, and then a race. Have you yeah. noticed like a big, big variance in premium based on like what they're producing? Like, is there one that is a little more profitable than than, than another? I haven't seen much. Um, the the race farms tend to be higher in premium, but just has a lot to do with the equipment that they're purchasing. Yeah. Um, so they have large harvesters. Just everything's a little more expensive with that um, than some of the, the smaller row crops where they may just be hiring a, a custom harvester to come in and, and do that work for them. So. Makes sense. I guess I'm always, I'm always yeah. just looking for like the, the thing that makes the, 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 the policy like double or triple or, you know, whatever it is in premium, whatever that thing is. I keep yeah. I mean, like, you know, nobody, nobody, <laughs> nobody has, a nobody knows that. for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're hoping obviously more acreage helps some, but the more equipment, more houses, um, and more structures that can get on that policy, obviously it, it gets, gets larger. Uh, the commission's, are pretty good on the farm side too. A lot of the companies are paying 20%. That's not, you just don't run into, yeah, very often um, with personal or commercial. Um, so it's definitely a nice market to, to be looking to move into. And we have plenty of companies that will write it. So Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so how far away are you from yeah. Sacramento? Uh, we're about 45 minutes north. Okay. Uh, I got to ask, there, I know a couple of bands that are from Sacramento. I don't know if there's any that have caught your radar that I just, I feel like it's a nice little hotbed. Like, is there anything that like you like claim as like, I, I you know, they're from our town and I'm a big fan. 
Oh, for, for Sacramento? Yeah. Or Yuba City? Uh, well, I'll say the only, I guess, big name for us for, for Yuba City is that we have an upcoming country artist um, who I kind of grew up with or know from the town. But outside of that, we're, we're pretty quaint town compared to Sacramento, which a lot of people don't even think Sacramento's that big, but Sacramento's up and coming. So, Well, I mean, I guess there's a couple bands that I know that are from like the Sacramento area. I guess I don't know how like surrounding, but like, for for example, yeah. I'm I, I'm outside of Cleveland, Akron area, and it's like the Black Keys, they're from Akron. Like, hey, I'm like, they're from Oh, Akron. yeah. Um, I was just, this was a test really more or less, Mariah, so if we could, if we could connect on this, but you're, I don't know if you know these <laughs> bands, so I don't know how big they are. I'm just curious, no. like the, the, um, the penetration, the, the name recognition they have in the area. They're, they're kind of old. They're, they're like nineties bands. So I'm, I don't, I'm showing my age a little bit. But. Oh yeah. No, I say I don't recognize offhand, but that, that doesn't all right, mean all right, that. So let, let me, I just, two of my, two of my personal favorites that are from Sacramento. Uh, one cake. Are you familiar with cake? I, I know the name. I couldn't tell you that I know the music. So that's all right. And then the other one is the death tone. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a little more aggressive on the, yeah. Um, I, I remember when they were kind of hot because um, a lot of folks, they, I would see like the stickers and that, but probably outside of the genre of music that that I was into. So That's right, Mariah. We'll have to find something else to, to be best friends about. <laughs> I just, I've, I've never really talked to anybody from Sacramento. I was curious how how, um, how big of a name they are out there. So it's completely off. I just, I hear, I make random weird associations with things. Like, Sacramento, let's talk to her about this because she probably knows. Um, <laughs> But that's not obviously true. So yeah, I mean, curious. So I mean, one, why, um, why did you get into insurance? Like, when, when the the captive realm, and then like to getting out into the independent. Yeah. Like how? I mean, like what is that? It's probably not something you ever grew up thinking that you would be doing. Oh, of course not. Because no, no one does. Um, so I was at twenty-two. I had one more semester of college left. Um, I was going to Sac State. And um, my dad walked into our local farmer's office, um, and he had been getting laid off from some jobs. He was a CIO at a couple of banks, and the big banks would buy out the little banks, and then he would get laid off. It kept happening to him, and he he walked in to to do something, and the the farmer's agent said, hey, I have to retire due to some medical issues. Would you be interested Hmm. in getting into insurance? And um, my dad is done I think every career known to man so he likes to, to to jump around quite a bit so he thought it would be intriguing and he he ended up making that decision well at the same time I had no idea what I was going to do when I got out of college uh, my degree is in social science I call that the whatever degree um, you could go and do whatever you'd like to do but it really wasn't specialized so I just kind of followed him into the insurance business and I kind of tell a little story with that. Um, the time that I came into insurance was also the time that the very first Real Housewives show was starting. Mm. And if anybody has, has watched this Real Housewives of Orange County, um, you have Vicki Gundelson, who does insurance. And I was watching this lady on this show, and oh my gosh, well, look how successful she is. You know, she's able to live in a, a house in this gated community. Man, this insurance thing looks really interesting. So somehow I managed to talk my way into a separate contract with farmers. Yeah. My dad and I um, 
ran our agency for four years uh, together, but under two separate contracts. And um, about four years in is when I realized I didn't want to spend my career with farmers. Um, I I wanted more options. And so I made that hop over to the independent side and never looked back. Uh, so, uh, how, how misleading was the Real Housewives depiction of insurance? <laughs> it takes a little bit longer, <laughs> um, but, I mean, it, this is such a rewarding career. Uh, obviously, it takes the hard work. It, it's, it's not easy, and I always say insurance is the long game. Um, you know, it's not going to be a get-rich-quick scheme, um, which I always have to tell folks when we're hiring or if somebody's looking to come into a producer position, um, you know, this is a, you got to keep doing the same thing over, over and over and build that book of business. And that's where you're really going to see the payoff. Um, but I get to talk to people, new people, you know, every day I get to help them. Um, we do do a lot of education. Most people know Jack about insurance. So we enjoy those conversations, and I get to learn something new just about every day. How uh, was was the conversation awkward with your dad? Like, hey, I, you know, I mean, I farmers is great, but you know, I've, I've got to go. <laughs> this is just not every day. no, no. He he agreed, um, and he only stayed with farmers for about another two years, mm-hmm. and then he retired out to actually be a farmer. Oh. Um, so uh, yes. <laughs> Um, that's a whole changing careers all the time. Uh, was he ever a thing. farmer before? Or was this like a brand new thing? And he used to work on some farms when he was a kid growing yeah. up. So okay. there's, there's uh, a lot of experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and he's still doing that. Although I'm trying to talk him into just fully retiring. But now he <laughs> he agreed that that was staying with that corporation was just not going to be yeah. probably viable for me. You know, and I, I didn't want to spend 40 years tied to one company. That's just not going to work out. So, so yeah, I, he was very supportive. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you see like nationwide, and, and I, I mean, I think the the way of the captive. Mm-hmm. It's I don't want to say the days are numbered, but I mean, what have what have your kind of observations been since leaving and I, what you've seen moving forward? Yeah, um, I am getting the same sort of feeling that um, you know, farmers has always had kind of that hybrid contract. I mean, mm-hmm. they're supposed to be kind of the, you know, they get the first right of refusal and then those are supposed to be able to, to take that out to, to market. Um, I see more and more farmers agents writing things that I'm like 99% sure would have fit with farmers, but they're writing them with other companies. So I would not be surprised if farmers just went to a, an independent model, um, moved all those guys uh, over and then just made it it available to uh, other independent agencies. I haven't heard that much about, you know, the state farm and all state side. Um, I know all state gets into fights with their agents all the time, <laughs> but I don't hear <laughs> as much about it on, yeah. you know, with California state farm. Those agents seem to be a little more stuck with, with state farm. Um, but I, it wouldn't surprise me at all. If farmers dumped that model and went to the independent side, especially since they have so many of their agents already have stuff outside of farmers. I don't think it would be a large leap for those agents to make to go independent. 
Yeah, that's always it's always been like again. I grew up in an independent family, you know, independent insurance family. Mm-hmm. I, just, I was like, oh wait, there's there's people that only just have the one thing like that. Yeah, you know, just my brain never yeah. really went there. It's like that feels weird to me. So, yeah, um, yeah, and like I said, we we work with a lot of captives and handle their referrals, especially the, the state farm agents, just because they have a harder time because since they really can't go outside of the company. Um, but uh, you know that I guess the, the good thing for the captives is they they get the name recognition and they get some marketing and especially the, the State Farm side, you know they they, they really push yeah. the marketing and yeah. that name brings in clientele and. But you've got to answer to the corporate headquarters and do whatever they think you want to do. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, so, so I'm that, curious, though, you had said that you get a lot of your referrals from the captives around the area? Yeah, we, we've established, like I said, especially the State Farm offices, that if they have uh, a piece of business that they're not able to write, um, that they can send it over to us. Uh, we, one of the first questions we'll ask is, do they have anything else with that State Farm agent. Um, if they do, we just mark that on our, our system file that we won't market or cross sell. Yeah. Um, so the the State Farm agent feels comfortable sending over business to us knowing that we aren't looking to take the whole account. <laughs> but we also get plenty of referrals for them where they're like, hey, we just can't do this. you know, And this guy just called in. Those don't get marked that way. And then we, we work the cross sell. Is that the? I mean, what's the? Is that the one of the primary ways that you like to bring in business is through those referrals, or what? I guess what is the? You said you're com- more community agency. Like. Yeah, so um, we do a lot with our the real estate and lender community. Yep. Um, that's our number one referral source. Um, so we've just networked and and really gotten our our name out there as kind of a go to source for you know anybody that's in a a real estate transaction. Um, so we that's our our number one outside of probably that. And then second would be referrals. Third would be, you know, captive referrals. But we've just done, done a lot. Um, we do the flag day event, which we, we got from Claudia McLean, Chris Verdi. So let's see, gosh, 2017, I guess it was, maybe it was 2018. We uh, got the Safeco Make More Happen Award. So we got $10,000 and that went to a local charity that um, buys clothes for uh, school-age kids that are needy, and that charity is run by our local uh, real estate board. Hmm. So that ties in you know, really well. A, it's a charity we already supported. We go shopping with the kids every year in August, so we had a lot of experience with that charity, but it was really cool to be able to give them a $10,000 check, um, and that really helped get our name out even more in the real estate community. So. Well, didn't you guys, wasn't there a thing at IOA and Innovation in Phoenix that you mm-hmm. did with Nick? Was it was it the Flag Day thing? Yeah, or the close thing? it was, was the it? Flag Day thing. Okay, yeah. like, that sounds very familiar now yeah. that you're saying that. I mean, I remember there was yeah. something, I couldn't remember exactly what the thing was, but um, I mean, that's something you've yeah. kind of continued to do and is, is mm-hmm. you know, creates quite a bit of awareness. It does, um, you know, especially the Flag Day event. Um, Northern California is fairly patriotic anyways. Um, we, we do have Beal Air Force Base that is right in our backyard. So that event has been really well received. And we really push it as, I mean, it, it's a community event. You don't have to give me your name, your number. I don't need a, an X date. I don't need anything from you, you know, to get a flag. All you got to <laughs> yeah. do is, is show up and get it. We have a little slip that's in, in there that just says, Here, here's your flag. 
you know, if you ever need insurance, you know, just, just think of us and, you know, fly with pride. Um, but very soft sell. We really do it to better the community. And we hope that, uh, you know, at some point, the next time somebody's looking for insurance, they remember our name. That is kind of our approach to, to everything is we're, we're the, the soft sell folks. Um, we, we want people to know that we're here to help. And that has really worked well for us. Not to say that you're exploiting the American flag here, but have has it gotten to the point where, um, like, you have become synonymous in a way to where, you know, have you heard anybody say, oh, I saw a flag the other day and I thought I got to come in here real quick or, you know, I gave you a call. Have you heard any of that yet? I'm just curious. I don't know. I've heard that specifically, but now we're getting repeat people coming. This is our third year doing it. Um, so, you know, people were coming back. I had a lot of people who... Um, would just tell me, oh, hey, I still have my flag. It's doing great, but next year I'll bring it to retire. I mean, I think it's getting out there. It's taken a little bit of time, I think, to convince folks that like, it really is truly free. Yeah, I mean, gosh, you know, I, you'd be, be surprised. Um, we, we've really had to, to push that idea. I mean, and we, we've tied it in with our local chamber. So now it's a chamber after hours event. Too, so that helped mm. a little bit. But I mean, we have, we have free food. This year we had um, a tater tot food truck come out. Oh. So that was kind of cool, you know, and that's all free. Basically, you just show up, well, I'll feed you <laughs> and I'll give you a, a flag. And, you know, like I said, you don't even have to talk to me if you don't want to. So, is it, like, um, quick, is it fancy tater tots or like is it just like some really good traditional tater tots? I got to know. Oh, no, it is. It's topped with, so I think the the number one um, one that we gave out this year, it had um, pulled pork. Oh, wow. With that like a coleslaw nice. over it, barbecue sauce, and then like with the tater tots. Yeah. When is this oh, again, Mariah? Can I come? really goody. <laughs> yeah. Well, next June, so you just missed it. Oh. But you're welcome to, oh. come, to come out. I'll, I'll send you the invite for next year. <laughs> as long as there's tots with pulled pork and coleslaw, I might be there. So, I mean, what's, there, what's a trip yeah. across the country? You know, it's probably cost hey. um, <laughs> Yeah, probably. If, maybe I could just airship it to you, put it on ice. Yeah. It might be a little gross on the way out, but well, it's worth a shot. We can find out. They they might not be as crisp. No. We can figure it out, though. We'll figure it out. <laughs> that sounds fun. I mean, so that's interesting that it takes convincing for them to, like, think that it is free. But that sounds fun. Do you do any any sort of, like, additional event marketing, or is this, like, your big, like, once a year? That's, that's our big one that's really the general public. Um, the week before that event, we always have a booth at, uh, local, the golf tournament that supports uh, the Clothes for Kids charity. So that kind of ties us more in, in with a, our realtor and lender partners. And then w we did, uh, we kind of designed our referral program off of uh, Safeco's Customers for Life program. So we do a charity of the quarter and that that's helped too. So this last Christmas we did, uh, we paired with a, a charity that buys Christmas gifts at a uh, local nursing home. So we helped support that financially, and then we wrapped and then helped deliver that. And I like, especially when I can have my team help with the charity. I think it's it's good for morale. It's, it's good for the charity, obviously. So th those kinds of events are are really nice. That's kind of cool that they're they're kind of together ish. So it's like a one mm -hmm. two sort of combination or something. <laughs> has it has it looked? I mean, has it worked it, that way? Uh, as far as having the, the back-to-back -back kind of yeah, events I mean, that we do. Kind of, yeah, like you might see some of the same people, you know, just kind of this little, yeah. um, all that stuff. It, it is, 
it's a little bit rough on the team mm. because we go from like a Friday where we're out of the office most of the day to, you know, the next week we're putting on our whole event. Um, so I wouldn't mind if there, we had like a week in between that or an extra week um, just to give everybody a little bit of a breather. But now we just know those first two weeks in June, you know, that it'll be scheduled out. It's mm. there. So everybody just kind of gears up and, and plans for it. So makes sense uh, yeah huh. all right so this is i'm much like the i hear again all the time you know referrals mortgage lenders guys they're like my number yeah. one source of business mm-hmm. in the event that they just stopped being a, a, like a, a group of people what is the yeah. one thing that you kind of like man like we should like this this little thing in the back of your head that says i should try this i think this might work well i mean was, we've talked about like what happens when the real estate market kind of dips again <laughs> Because I mean that that's gonna happen. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. Uh, I mean we're we're we've been riding hot here for a long time, so th- this is gonna stop at some point. Our our big deal is we kind of suck at cross selling mm. on on those homes, um, and a lot of it, it had been we were just turning burning like just turning out the the quotes to to get everything going, but we were having a hard time going back and you know getting the autos or getting you know, everything wrapped up in in a nice package. Um, so we, we've been working that we do a little bit of some automation, but that's kind of next on, on the to-do list um, is to go after that a little bit harder. So I'm looking at, at ways to do that. Um, I don't know if we want to do a little bit of some video, you know, a la Nick Ayers, or if we're going to go maybe a VA route and take some of the everyday service work off of our licensed folks that are here in the office and allow them some more time to really connect with the clients and try to go after those, those cross sells. So that, I mean, I know that that market is going to dry up or become much less a, of a referral source. So it's on, on my to-do list or on, on our radar as far as stuff we've got to work on. Yeah. I didn't mean to incite a panic attack or anything, Mariah. That's- no, no. I, it's, it's, it's stuff that like, I'm very aware of it. It's just, you know, it's always the execution. Yeah. Sometimes I suck at the execution. Well, I mean, you can't be perfect at everything. I mean, you just got done eating tater tots with coleslaw and giving out flags. Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I can only do so much. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it, it's something we talk about as a team. So everybody knows that um, we're like right now we're in the middle of some pretty massive rate increases with some of our top carriers on top of a hot real estate market. So everybody's just trying to, to make do with what they can, and we know in the fall we're going to probably regroup and and figure out where where we want to steer this ship. So, rate increases. I love rate increases. Let's talk about those for a second. Um, yeah. How do you feel about them? Like, I I I, just, I have very little tolerance, I guess, for like agents that complain <laughs> about them. I don't know. Like, what what do you feel? I like it when I'm totally okay with with taking rate. I have a harder time when we're we're taking large amounts of rate. Because um, I think it's just much harder on the client. Like I'm okay if you want to file a rate increase every year, and yeah. maybe we're looking at like a five percent increase. I have a harder time when you know, maybe you haven't taken something for a little bit, but now I'm looking at a twenty-five to thirty percent rate increase because that tends to get people a little bit more excited, and then we start to see some more activity, you know, happening. Um, it's a very positive way to spend money. Well, I mean, that's just, how would you feel if your insurance went up 50 bucks a month and nothing happened? Like, yeah. 
you know, most people are going to kind of go, oh, all right, was, is that, that right? Um, so, and that, that's what I'm seeing right now. So we, we've been, we've been through some, some rough times, especially with California and everything that's happened with the wildfires. Um, right, but yeah. this, this summer just, just seems to be hitting particularly hard. So we're, we're just looking at, at other options. We have something in the office. Um, if it's a 10% or less increase, it, it doesn't get reviewed just for our, our sanity's sake. Um, but if it's above that, we're at least taking a look to see, like, you know, the discount fall off. Um, California mileage is a really big rating factor for auto. So did the annual mileage go up? Did they get a ticket or accident? Like, is there a reason for this? The unfortunate thing is I'd say 90% of our increases right now don't have a reason outside of the company is just needing to take rate. So, but I I do feel that in California with their, our home insurance premiums have been pretty low. If you're in the Valley, there's not a whole lot that's going to happen. I mean, there, there's no wildfires in the Valley. Um, Earthquake and flood are covered on separate policies. We don't really have hail, we don't have tornadoes, we don't have hurricanes. So, you know, we have more things like, uh, you know, pipers, so water damage. If, if a fire, I mean, obviously it could be a kitchen fire or something like that. Um, but we don't have these large weather events that you see in other parts of the country. So I think that's kept our premiums low. But I think some of that is, is ending our, our free ride in California. <laughs> it is going away. And some of it, I think, is to offset the wildfire losses that we've experienced the last two years. I was going to say, you mean uh, none of those extreme weathers besides the ground just burning uncontrollably in all directions? Well, I said I was saying in the valley. So, you know, in the valley, you don't have that. You get into the foothills and uh, the mountainous regions. And, oh, yeah, I mean, and the wildfire events that we're seeing are just things we never thought could happen. Nobody thought that the, some of the areas in Santa Rosa that burned in 2017 were, that was not considered a high-risk area. And, you know, it burned through that whole subdivision. Paradise was considered higher risk but nobody thought that we'd lose 19,000 structures. Hmm. So I, it's really, cha- yeah, it's changed the thinking yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is, it's definitely changed the, the thinking for you know, both the insurance companies and I think us as agents as we're looking at it. And those folks, their premiums are, are going up a lot. Uh, here's, here's, so a video. Of- here's a video that I would do for you, 100%. Why, what uh, the California wildfires... Um, how the California wildfires are increasing your insurance premium or insurance costs or something. Yeah. Like that. I would do that. Yeah. One no, sure. that's, that's a, exactly. Oh, we've got a list of the videos. I just need to sit down and do them, Joey, or schedule a time with Nick and make him make me you know, th- these videos. Yeah, I need to head more. to a studio like a and make, do that. Make, make him work more. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> I am an elf. I don't even know how Nick sleeps. Um, that man is so busy. Um, but no, I need to just, schedule time at his studio and get those videos shot because we've we've got a whole string of them um just just things that come up so interesting uh, it's been it's been a wild ride out here in california the, this year's been extremely interesting uh in the marketplace so it's well, live and like learn it. yeah no it <laughs> sounds like it um I, I, this one i don't really know where we're gonna go with this one but i gotta i gotta know um <laughs> Like what's like what's your biggest like insurance injustice that you kind of see out there like whether it's just 
people's perception, like in the industry or outside the industry? Like, what's the one thing that gets you really fired up? I'm always curious to know, like, if there's that thing that you enjoy secretly fighting against or changing people's perceptions on. Oh, you mean like what the public thinks about insurance? public within the industry just you know people like think oh this works like you had said you know you pay attention to what people are doing you know you're not sure how much of it is actually you know reality my guess is the least divided in half but you know whatever the thing is uh, that you think you know people kind of get wrong or just have a have a very misguided impression of I mean, I'm sure every insurance agent for this one but I mean we we talk to folks all the time who think insurance is a scam mm. um, and some of that Maybe I, I understand. Obviously, we know as insurance agents, this is a contract, and these contracts vary. I would love it if at some point our industry figured out how to make those contracts less confusing, um, e- you know, easier to read, easier to understand. Um, I mean, how many times have I gotten to a claim situation where I'm pulling the policy, and I think this thing is completely gray? Like, I, I, I think I can make a case for the client. The claims adjuster is going the other way. And, you know, you're looking at this contract, like, I really don't know what what you're trying to exclude here. Or we've gotten you know, new claims adjusters who are reading the policy different than what we're reading. So I understand where the general public kind of gets that idea from, because they feel like, oh, everything's excluded. And, you know, what do you cover? But we also enjoy trying to talk to, to people and do that education part about, well, you know, Here's the things that it does cover, um, and especially because I do so much work with lenders and real estate transactions. We deal with a lot of first-time home buyers, so we do a lot of education on insurance is not a maintenance policy. Um, so, you know, insurance is not going to cover because your fence just got old and is now falling down, or that you know your, your roof needs to be replaced because it's old. So we do a lot of education on that, but you'd be surprised how many people really think that that's what insurance is for, and then they're just a, a little upset because their perception of reality has changed now. We've, we've educated them, but that still doesn't mean that they're happy about it. So um, there, there's, there's probably a, a lot of things that we could talk about that the industry needs to work on. Um, and, and doing a better job of presenting ourselves to the, the general public. Yeah, anytime I get to my fences old question, I just, I just, I, ha- I want to like go and live a day in their life and just see exactly what else they think is completely misguided. Yeah. I just like what else? Because like, that's got to only be the tip of the iceberg. Of like, do you know how the world works? That just feels like that's. Oh well, I, I, it's <laughs> sometimes that I talk to some of them, and I'm, I'm not sure how we're making it day to day, but yeah. somehow we bought a house and. You know, now now we just gotta gently explain, you know, how how this is gonna work. But yeah, I mean, I I know that a, a lot of agents were complaining because this is coming from a competitor. But I I know that we were seeing some talk from Geico about, you know, I think it was the three page business. You know, if it was commercial policy, if it was gonna be commercial auto, but they were trying to like the policy is three pages and it, it's supposed to be easy to to read. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know. I'm going to guess there's, we've got a lot of holes in coverage in that, but it would be nice if the insurance industry figured out that ease of use for the clients or ease of understanding is going to result in more business for them um, and, and for, for the agents. If we could just simplify some things, make it a little bit easier, I, I think it would pay off in spades. I feel like insurance is so freaking behind and, and, and everything 
and it takes so long for carriers to figure out how to respond or how to make a change. You know, I, I feel like we're we're in the dark ages with technology, even as the carriers are trying to catch up. I just feel like other companies are just moving faster, other industries. So simplicity is really hard. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it, it it is because we've we've litigated so much of it now that that's you know half the reason that we have a twenty five page you know home policy that the average person can't read. So yeah, that's you know. Yeah, you know, part of me, I, I, I struggle with, you know, how do we balance the, the responsibility? Because mm-hmm. insurance is so, it's such a big thing, right? Like, if you get it wrong, it's, it is. it's cataclysmic in the sense of, you know, there's no insurance for anybody sort of thing. But then at the same time, uh, how, do you, yeah. how do you balance that with, well, listen, I mean, at some point, it's just ridiculous, right? This is really self-indulgent and nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what the answer is, obviously, because I think if, if either one of us knew the answer to that question, we would not be having this conversation, Mariah, so... Um, that that's correct, and there's obviously a lot of smarter folks than than me out there trying to figure out a, a lot of this and really pushing in the industry. But I, I just like to see our industry move a little faster, respond a little faster as our society changes. We're so conservative at, in general as an industry that maybe we miss the boat, or we're just you know we're so far behind where I think you're seeing the, some of those insure tech companies respond yeah. a lot faster than our, our you know, big name mm-hmm. uh, carriers do. And I, I get it. They're huge corporations. It's not easy to, to turn the ship, but man, it's like, do, do you guys do you use technology at all ever in your life? <laughs> well, you know, that's what <laughs> you got to do something. Like. I agree. Well, yeah, it's, it's because that that's what ultimately will define their business. I think some of it is going to be coming, uh, at least from, from some of the mm-hmm. fe- folks I've talked to. And I think we're going to see it a lot yeah. in claims and underwriting mm-hmm. where, hey, you know, yeah. I think AI is going to really improve that maybe maybe eliminate a whole bunch of human beings i don't you know, I don't know, uh, if you know how many yeah i know people, you know but um you know maybe they can start selling insurance but you know i think i think i'm just holding out hope. maybe I'm, I'm maybe i'm optimistic in a foolish way but i'm hoping that that might help get things going in a more positive direction yeah i i hope there's a lot of ways to improve that customer experience and i think a lot of it could be answered by technology but yeah, like I said it, it's it's getting them to figure out what to do, how to implement it. I mean, I look at all the technology I could probably implement in my agency and things that I can do, and how long it takes me to do that. So I have to be fair to them. You know, they're they're gigantic. They have thousands of employees. It's not like they can just be like, hey, we're going to do this, and I'm going to put it in place tomorrow. I get that it, it, it's harder for them, but I also don't feel like it needs to take a, them 15 years 